Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. LPN Deep Dives presents A Court of Thorns and Roses. With Natalie Jean and Jackie Zabrowski. Dude, you gotta look at these. Wait, I gotta show you something. This is some. Whoa! This is some Tony Viento. <laughs> Who's that? Get okay. I'm gonna guess uh, more and no. Whoa. As as an heiress. No, it's Lucian. Ooh. The two the two men. Who's the girl? Who they're both in? Come on, they're both in love. She can't. No, she's a baby. <laughs> she's not. She's 25. She's a baby. She's I can't 25. look at the baby. Just like look at his thumb though in his mouth. Well, yeah, that means they're all kissing. Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. That Tony yeah. Viento, man. Yeah, Tony Ooh. Viento. I also just got to again, I've already shouted them out, but um Listening Stars is doing a full graphic novel on in their Patreon. Look at what? how gorgeous this is. That's awesome. They're right up up until oh my god, how sexy does it get? Well, they're only up to the column my night. I, their goal is to do all five books, dude. That's awesome. What is the name of this person's work? Listening stars. Listening stars. Look up their Patreon. Um, they also Good gravy. They make the. I think I already talked about. They make the like um transparent, not trans, trans like translucent sleeves that are uh, page inserts. In the book, so they like half, of, like not half, like a tenth of these. They like print out. And you can put them in your book. Whoa, I want that. Well, so maybe somebody will get something for old Solstice Whoa, this year. Oh, Solstice present, like, and look, then we'll look. all drink Fay wine. Damn game. Whoa. Although Is that's it? not. I saw more Beast than Man when Tamlin came as Beast, but I'm with it. That's because you're a monster fucker. I'm a monster fucker. Get oh, used look. to it. Look, he took his shirt off. Oh my god, yes, rippling muscles. So yeah. Okay, I could kiss it. I could ki- I know. They do a great job. They make Tamlin appealing in all of this. I know, for now. Well, you have to be appealed at first. You do. You can't be like, oh, you're such a 
man child. I mean, I do feel differently male now. Male child? Male Such child. A male yeah, child. please. Um, now that my mom knows that I'm a monster fucker, I feel like everything's oh off the table. You know, like I feel like, uh, you know, who am I? I'm 24601. Right, guys? Come on. Lame is. Give it up. What? Wait, does your mom know that because she listens to this? She uh, came to see the release The Butthole Cut Tour, and I do talk about being a monster fucker in it. And um, at one point I went, Mommy, I'm a monster fucker. (laughs) And then I was like, Holden, don't get hard at that. Ew. All of that's horrible. He's got a mommy thing. Um, Okay. Not that we kink shame here. I can I'll shame some kinks. Well, now I'm going to start looking at listening stars. Listening stars, and also Acrylopix is doing really beautiful uh, inserts for your books, and they're they kind of collaborate in that they don't cross the same page, which Ooh, is really they cool. don't cross the streams. They don't cross streams. Hell yeah, Acrylopix. Um, I am waiting like patiently. I think it's like acrylic. Is that what Skrillex sounds like? Kind of dubstep. Yeah, right? (laughs) I'm young. Remember everyone? That's very old. (laughs) Uh, Well, I just remember a time when I thought I was too old for it, and I think that's what it was. But I think I was just a hipster in Brooklyn, New York, and just thought that I was above things. Uh, Maybe. That's, That's quite possible. Um, so yeah, I just like there's no that was an ad. I just like to sh- to shout out one again. Thank you. Um, so we are back in Valaris. We are at the River Home. Oh my God, the beautiful River Estate. Do you Ugh. think that they've got like a, a boat up bar? I assume. I just assume they have all the things that are fun. And I just good. think of the the I think of the boat up bar in Jacksonville that I used to go to with my ex called Whitey's Fish Camp. Ugh. Very inclusive. In, in which? <laughs> Wait, whitey? Uh, I thought you were saying wide No, no, no. Although they were wide. Yeah? <laughs> Over in Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving shit to Jacksonville. As a Floridian, I'm allowed to give shit towards Jacksonville. I think that's fair. Thank you. Um, so Nesta's just been informed. We just came back to this inter-Frenchian, where she has been informed she's to go train with Cassian. And she's like, no, uh, that's the worst, even though he's so high. Oh, man. Oh, damn it. Learn to use my powers with this really hot guy. Oh, this In this mansion on a mountainside. Oh, and I don't have to pay Mm. for anything. But no, she doesn't. She's not happy. She says, What? But Feyre's got her queen hat on and lays it to her straight, which mm-hmm. I, that's, I guess is a crown. Mm-hmm. The queen hat is a crown. Yeah, I think, it, yes. No more apartment. No more wolf's den. She is moving to the House of Wind and she will be training in Windhaven, the Illyrian camp where we often visit in the stories, the one that Reese Kaz and Asriel grew up in. I can't wait to see how they, ooh, the graphic novel does the camps. I can't wait to see it. I think that it'll be very scary and upsetting. I'm excited. But I think it'll be fun. Now, I do think a queen's hat is different than a crown because I don't think Pharaoh would be just lounging about. Because remember at this time, I don't know why I specifically remember she's on leggings and an oversized, like, beige white shirt sweater. Yes. With Casual Pharaoh over here with a little bit of spressed. And, um... What would your queen's hat be? Do you think she's rocking a beret? I was saying more in the meta, like, the, uh, the, 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 
not metaphorical. Theoretical. Theoretical? Yes. You know, like, oh, I've got my captain, I've got my yeah. boss hat on. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe you could wear other hats. Oh, maybe. Like a little pillbox? I mean, you've got the space for it. You could have a whole uh, shattery. What is it? It's a shabance. What's Where that? do you go? Habdashery. Haberdashery. Haberdashery. Is that, a, is that real? Is that where you go to get my hats made? I, you're asking the wrong hatless woman. Well, it could be. <laughs> I don't think, no. It's not. It's, it's a place where you go where sm- for small items used in sewing. Okay. <laughs> I not worked that. at Joanne Fabrics. Do you think I'd know these words? Nope. That's all, all useful information has gone. Uh, furthermore, she will. have got hats. <laughs> Do you want to find out what it's called? Will you be able to rest? Until- Hatberdashery. I'm going to let it go. Okay. Hatberdashery. Furthermore, Nesta will be working in the library under the House of Wind, its troubled sister camp industry. Ugh. Cassian's watching this interaction play out, and he feels guilt about his slight fear that Nesta would lash out at Feyre with her scary power that none of them understand. But he notes that at the same time, that Reese has been practicing these impenetrable shields with Helion, and there's one over Feyre at the moment, which she says she's been tasked with trying to break for Reese's experiments. Thank God that she knows about it, because what if he started putting those around her and like not telling her? I'd be so pissed off. I'd be like, don't you put me in that bubble. I don't think that that would be very healthy, healthy expression of, of love. No, of protection. I also would really not be good in a bubble. What would you do? I, 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 I feel, did you ever see Boy in the Bubble? Yes. Like, I think I just get so bored so fast. Wait, Boy in the Bubble or Bubble Boy? Because those are very different. Boy in the Bubble. Bubble Boy. Oh, Bubble Boy also very different, yeah. That one I also don't think I could handle either. Where you had to just roll around in a plastic. <laughs> yeah, like a big old hamster. And I had a crush on Jake Gyllenhaal then. Oh, yeah, man. Donnie, would, were you a Donnie Darko? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <gasps> Mad world. I used to listen to that really loud in my room. Be so like, like, nobody understands me. It's like so like art. It's like time travel. Like you wouldn't like get he, it. I don't know if you would get like, it. It's like it's kind of confusing. And I'm pretty sure I get it, but you wouldn't. And it's like wormholes. Like you wouldn't get like it. Wormholes. It's wormholes. Um, I think I specifically told my mother, like, you wouldn't understand this when I was watching it. I was a hundred percent that age. I think age. that that what that movie is for teenagers to yell at their parents. You don't understand this. Yes, that is the point of that movie. I still yell that towards my mom. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I'm doing fine mentally. Oh yeah, we're great. We're doing great over here. <laughs> I feel like at troubled sister camp, you have sex with the camp counselors, right? We'll see. Or we can only hope. <laughs> we're gonna find out. Uh, and then uh, Cassian again feels shame for questioning if Nesta would really stoop so low as to attack her sister. But this is why they're at this point. This is when you get into this situation because you don't know what what where they are mentally anymore. Well, she also can't control it yet. So you never know if her anger and her ire will just come out as something because they have no idea what she's got inside of her. It's true. And she is on a mission of self-destruction. And those who are at that place often strike out to convince everyone they are as bad as everyone fears. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, I just got my therapist cap on. Yeah, man. I felt seen. Thank you for making me valid, Natalie. I try to validate you every day. That's all I want to do. Aw, sisters. Yeah. 
She doesn't do anything, though. She doesn't lash out. Instead, she just says, hell to the no. I am not doing any of that. Well, Amron says it's too late. Nesta learns that while this ambush is happening, Elaine has been absent because she's currently packing up Nesta's belongings and moving them to the mountain. Damn. Cassian notes that he sees a flicker of worry in Amron's eyes, and it affects him because of how rare it is for her to express any emotion in that way. She's like that worried about Nesta. I do also wonder, though, like, I wonder if that's also part of her, like, Fay manity shining mm. through too, you yeah. know what I mean? Like of just F- like you a mean fay malady, yes. Mm. But then that really get, loses the word. Um, <laughs> the fay of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's like part of her also like experiencing like star- starting to. I don't know if that's what she meant with it, but I just maybe that's what I took from it. Oh, maybe she's gonna learn to love. Wow. Um, so, but you know, that she would show this on her face lets us know that Amron still cares for Nesta. She's not completely written her off. Yeah. Again, Nesta fights back, stating they can't control her since she's not a member of this court. But Amron slaps that down too. She tells her, since she never officially stepped down from the role of human emissary, there's some rule in some book somewhere that says, in fact, she is under Reese's jurisdiction. Mm. She floats a book over to her and goes, Feel free to look if you want. Oh, that's such a, like, bitch please moment. I wish I could levitate a book over and be like, see? Yeah. I'm. Oh, please. It's the only only power I want is to just be sarcastic right. and be rude. <laughs> um, so as this is going on, Cassian returns in his memories to the morning when the High Lord and Lady did in fact come across Nesta's bill because if you'll recall Nesta was like am I getting is this because I spent so much money the other night or last night and Cassian does in fact reminisce about that 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 morning the bill came in and it was so egregious and telling that Feyre had silently cried as Reese read aloud each charge on the bill maybe she's picking up drinks for everybody at the bar but she's also accruing gambling debts and like all this other stuff she's clearly doing it in it's to me i read it as like she's doing it as a fuck you oh put on whatever you want yeah get whatever you want on this yes just to like slap them in the face yeah so that's when they made this plan this really is the part where i'm just like let her go be a fuck up then why are you trying so hard? I understand family tries this hard, but there's also part of me that's like, I mean, I feel like lots of other people are just left to go fuck up and go figure it out. Well, I think that is always the challenge of finding that line in the sand when you have somebody who's like destructive and self-destructive and going like, when when is this? I think this is kind of the ultimatum. So Yes, it's this or no. Or you're out. Yeah. So <clears throat> Cassian thinks about how grateful he is to have Feyre here and it really pains him that she, he saw her weeping this morning and how she's the only one who, you know, beyond being his high lady, she was, she was the one who saved Reese from under the mountain. And it means you know, a great deal to not see her in pain. Amron continues that Nesta has the two options. One is that she agrees to go live up at the House of Wind, that she is not a captive there, but she will need to be able to descend the 10,000 stairs to get to the city, which technically speaking, that you are, you are a prisoner. I mean, but there are stairs, bitch. You want to go? You can go down them stairs. So 
you know. How long would it take? What's 10? I can't, like, I'm bad at visualizing. Is that just a general, broad thing, sad thing to say? Um, Like, what is 10,000 stairs in your brain? Like, how big is it? So, okay. Interestingly, when I went to the Paris catacombs, I think last year, Mm -hmm. the way you get down is a big spiral that goes down and down and down into the dark. Okay. And it felt like it was forever. And I feel like it was probably only like 200 steps or something. Whoa. And it was a lot. So, like, I feel like 10,000 would be like a couple hours. Like, I think it would take a long time. Yeah. I think I want to start. Am I going to start counting my steps? What am I, a pedometer? Like, if you took one step per two seconds, how long is 20,000 seconds? Oh, don't. No, I haven't. I've had a sip of coffee. I have had a sip of coffee, Natalie. You asked me to do math, and that's I can't do it. We're we're too pretty to do math. All right, I'm going to look it up. Not in the Feywood. There's no math in the Feywood. I mean, they don't talk about math very often in the Fey world, so really. How long is 20,000 seconds? Just tell me the answer. No. Oh. <laughs> right at the top. <laughs> okay. So 20,000 seconds is equal to about five and a half hours. Dang. So. Maybe it's almost. Five hundred seconds. Second musical reference in one I know, episode. Really I'm sorry. I'm on a. I'm sorry. This is where my brain's at today. Um. Okay, so I don't know. Does it take two seconds to walk down a step? Yeah. It's gonna be at least a f- a few hours. Okay. Well, especially because if, if like they're like big, like gutted out of stone steps. Yeah. Right. Sorry, this is something I thought about while rereading, so I didn't mean to make this a whole No, I, I, I also think it, I agree. I just realized, I, like, I, I couldn't visualize what 10,000 steps was. But can you imagine spinning in circles like that for hours? Oh, my God. We went to the top of some column. I think we were in Astoria in Oregon. We went to, like, this, like, big open column thing that you walk up a very tight spiral staircase up to the top. And then I got off the top, and I was terrified. And I was so dizzy. And, like, those, like, really tight turns. How many steps do you think that was? Oh, my God. Probably, like, it took a while. So I I guess I would assume, if you're talking about the catacombs like that, then I would assume probably 150 steps. Interesting. And then, yeah. And so if she was doing that and had to come back up, she would have to also ascend to five hours. steps, yes. So... Yeah, I guess she could, but also I feel as though I guess in Fey health it, it would be different. Humans probably would have a really difficult time doing it. I mean, I have sixteen stairs leading up to the front of my townhouse, and I'm just like, uh, the groceries. Where's Jeff? Well, I guess you would never make it down for the drink. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. So anyway, like, is there a bar on the way down? <laughs> But anyway, she, she says that Nesta can leave and she can drink if she can, quote, find two coppers to rub together. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, she agrees to live up there at the House of Wind, real celebrity rehab. Her other option is to be dropped off in the human lands and be free to live her life how she chooses. This is probably not an appealing option to Nesta and also probably not very safe because she can't hide her fetus anymore. And with the wall down, the humans are probably a little terrified if a random high fae is just bumbling around. Yeah. This may seem a little unfair, but 
there are a few options when it becomes a life and death situation with a grown adult. You know, sometimes you have to like. Yeah. Make an ultimatum. Yep. Nesta turned to Feyre, lips pulling back from her teeth. And these are my only options. Yeah, bitch. Feyre struggles to find the balance between High Lady and a worried sister. That's why you need a queen's hat. She had. See, a this hat. is why you take, and then you literally put it, take it off. Take your friend, your sister hat off. You put your queen hat. I on. have been talking to Henry that I think I might actually get him a brother hat and a boss hat because usually I make him pretend to take off his boss hat and put on his brother hat if we're having different conversations. Poor Henry. One man, one million women. That's what Henry um, says to yeah. himself. So, uh, so she asks, and and Feyre, you know, Pharaoh wants to be gentle with her sister, but also she knows she has to be in this position. So she tells her bluntly, "Yes, there are but two paths." Nesta lashes out as in, as wounded animals tend to do. It's Feyre's fault that she's even here, and she didn't ask to be here in this body. And while probably everyone understands she doesn't really mean that, it's a painful thing to hear. And of course, it's not Feyre's fault. That's enough, Feyre breathed. Nesta blinked. Feyre swallowed but didn't balk. That is enough. You're moving up to the house. You're going to train and work, and I don't care what vitriol you spew my way. You're doing it. Nesta continues to attack, trying to rationalize why she can't do it. But it's falling on deaf ears. Cassian attempts to lighten the room. I promise not to bite. I mean, you ain't got to promise that. Nesta's upper lip curled back as she faced him. I suppose this was your idea. It was. He lied with a grin. We're going to have a wonderful time together. Backed into a corner. Yeah. Nesta. I just can feel like the Mulan playing the somehow I'll make a man out of you. Wow, you're really going for. I'm I'm gonna tunes. sing Songy Mood today, guys, you know? Good for you. When the when the spirit moves, you mm. know, how do I not let the lyrics fly from thine lips? I would never stop you. Thank you. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying and grunting bison 
became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine. Backed into a corner, Nesta demands to speak to Feyre alone. Reese looks genuinely concerned at this idea, and Cassian both resents and understands the fear of threat to his mate. Reese agrees to wait outside the door of the room they're in and leads the others out to the hallway. They can't actually hear the combo, though, as the room's been warded against spies. As they wait, Cassian inquires about the law that Amran found that holds Nesta loyal to the night court. She's like, there's no law. I just, <laughs> I just was like, ah, I was just saying, like, whatever, which is what you're not supposed to do during an intervention. Don't lie. Um, because then, you know, it hurts the trust between people. Do you ah, ever watch smart. Intervention? Sometimes I, I, I get into a phase, but then I get really sad and watching it and then I don't want to watch it anymore. I went through a huge time. I went back and forth that whenever I would I couldn't handle intervention anymore, I would start watching My Strange Addiction. And then, you know, I can't watch that. Eating glass. I think I like, can't watch it because I went to high school with one of the people on the show. Whoa. So I I knew someone on My Super Sweet 16 and you knew someone on My Strange Addiction. Yeah. Was it the one uh, with the guy that was in love with all of the inflatable animals? No. Somebody you actually also coincidentally know separately. Ooh, I'm so intrigued. You don't know? No. Do they eat glass? No. We can't reveal. But no. Um. Oh, but the my super sweet sixteen. Uh, I mean, I think about it too. I can't watch I the show. About, I do you know the the how shook I was when you kind of recently told me that fact yeah, about yourself that you were at the party. Yeah, and now, but then, like now, this girl is also uh, on, on the another show. on another show about how connected she is to her mother. So crazy. The extreme mothers, like extreme sisters, I've been watching. It's uh, man, I know we're like sisties, but um, I wouldn't call us extreme. No, no, no. I we spend mo- a lot of time apart from each other. Yes, and we don't like bathe in each other's bath water. Or okay, anything. All right. I'm saying we don't. I want everybody to know. <laughs> I want everyone to know that. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I never like. Put her dirty socks on my hands and go, oh, she's closer to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. So Amron just bluffed in that moment. Then we're back in the room with Nesta and Feyre. Nesta is pulling out every form of guilt she can try to twist Feyre's arm. You didn't care until now. Why? What are you getting out of this? As she's verbally attacking Feyre, she's running through her mind things that have led up to this moment. And how she has no idea how to express the terrors that live inside her head every waking moment. How she still wakes up thinking of the moment that they found out the cauldron had stolen Elaine away from the camp. And that caring that deeply for her had made her push away from Elaine. So Nesta, like, 
again, we have these glimpses that she cares so much that she can't – she's too scared to even connect to people. It sounds like this that I am so happy that we're finally inside of her brain to learn a little bit more because she is lashing out like an animal right now. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to remember, like, you know, the dichotomy of how someone is reacting in a stressful situation versus what's going on inside of their brain. Totally. And I think that, like, it, it does – she's fleshed out so beautifully in this scene yeah. where, like, she's terrified but she doesn't know how to say it. Yeah, and I, you know, it's much more interesting to read about a flawed person who can maybe achieve redemption and from a dark place, you know? Yeah. Um. So her thoughts go to the fight she and Cassian had had, how he challenged her back in the, at the uh, old solstice that we read about in the last wow. book, when he told her to go somewhere else if she hated it here so much. But she bit back her retort at the time, which was the truth. That she had no place else to go. Yeah, dude. She never felt at home amongst humans, even before Feyre shot a fairy in the forest those many months ago. But she laments in her thoughts about how she doesn't really feel at home here in the Fey realm either. Doesn't know if she belongs anywhere. But she can't expose herself to her sister in that way, so she lashes out again. It's not like I was spending your money anyway. It's your mate's money. I'm surprised you even noticed what I spent since you're so busy building houses and shopping. I mean, I get I get her anger, you know, like, I mean, I understand because she can't talk about it yet. I get that, like watching your sister, like be so in love and building a river house and like, look at how happy their family is that just like actually turns your sadness into even more anger as you watch it. Yeah, and self-loathing, too, because at the end, she knows in her heart that Pharaoh was trying to include her in all of this, like wanted her to be a part of it. Your painting could be up on the wall, bitch. Could be. Um, So, yeah, Nesta is being rude, more like Mesta. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, Nelly. Yeah, get it, bitch. Master, you a mess. Damn. She said master. <laughs> Did you hear her in the back? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> when Favor reminds her that she invited her to live in this house. Yeah. Nesta snaps that there's no reason she would want to live in this house. In her mind, she curses herself. Forever a moment considering the idea that she and Feyre could become closer. Curses herself for standing in that circle hand to hand with the others before that final battle. But this is really about how she feels about herself. A failure. Not even able to help with this mighty well of power. Feyre makes another attempt at pure vulnerability. You're my sister, Nesta. Yes, and you're always sacrificing for us, your sad little human family. You spent 500 gold marks last night. Feyre exploded, shooting to her feet to pace in front of the hearth. Do you know how much money that is? Do you know how embarrassed I was when I got the bill this morning and my friends, my family, had to hear about all of it? Nesta hated that word. The term Feyre used to describe her court. As if things had been so miserable with the Archeron family that Feyre had needed to find another one, had chosen her own. Nesta's nails bit into her palms, the pain overriding that of her tightening chest. 
I mean, it was pretty bad, Nesta. You made her hunt in the forest for you. Yeah, the the youngest one that, like, never learned how to read, that was never taken care of, the one that you forced out into the cold to work for you. Yeah, she found a different family. And that also doesn't mean, but here's the thing, as someone that has a chosen family as well as a family, I consider them all my family. Just sure. because, like Just because you're not a part of the friend family doesn't mean we're not still family. Right, of course. Because, Natalie, we were family before you became my sister. Uh, <gasps> we were family before. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm sorry. I Don't do you. this to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Um, but, yeah, she's, you know, she's, again, she's lashing out. She accuses Feyre of only caring about sparing her reputation. And Feyre lobbies back that yeah maybe she is partly because if the high lord and lady can't manage their own out of control family how can they rule with a roger clinton out here running these streets oh get it get the clintons out get of all here. the clintons out of here get out of here and then we get a real truth from the deepest part of nesta's mind i am not a thing to be controlled by you nesta said icily everything in her life from the moment she was born, had been controlled by other people. Things happened to her. Anytime she tried to exert control, she'd been thwarted at every turn. And she hated that even more than the King of Highburn. So this is... Everything's from your childhood, isn't it? Uh, this is her realizing... Uh, re- I guess us realizing with her that so much about... All of her rage and pain is about having no control over her life, feeling like she was a puppet. Yes. And I do wonder, like, a little bit about what we were talking about last time with her mother Mm -hmm. and, like, knowing that Nesta was her mother's doll. Mm -hmm. I do wonder, too, that, like, maybe she was told by her parents not to help out her siblings because she was the chosen one, because she was going, like, it seemed like she was the one that she was icily turning into a lady of sorts to be the icy matron of a family. Yeah. And I do wonder if, like, she's like, no, 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 you're not going to hunt. No, that's that's their job. This isn't this isn't for you. Like, sort of inserted that thought, but especially because we know from Farah's POV that, she, her mother on their deathbed said, Feyre must take care of the family. Right. It was like, I think, eight or something. You're like, okay. Great. Oh, good. Yeah. Sorry. I, I know that this is, this is, I'm just like assuming here, but like, I do wonder the part of this, like, always being controlled thing. Yeah. Because it sounds like either, like, to Feyre and to um, Elaine, that the parents were non existent completely. Yeah. But Nesta might have been overruled by mommy. Yeah, I think a lot more than anything, it was a controlling mom-daughter situation. So this is like this fear of her being out of control. Feyre is trying to implore to Nesta, like to hear her, that this is about helping Nesta be the master of herself. But Nesta is still refusing. But no, 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 no. Oh, you are going, Nesta. When Feyre tells her she will be working with Clotho in the library, whether she likes it or not... Nesta has a wave of fear run through her because, if you'll recall, the only time she's been in the library, I think the only time I can think of, is the time that the twin ravens, one white and one black, showed up Ah. and tried to take her away. And then she had to run into that pit at the bottom where the monsters live. So, you know, know, I would give it a pause. The monster that just wants a window. Just wants a window. He doesn't want much. 
it seems surprising that Feyre wouldn't realize or acknowledge that you know Nesta's been like deeply traumatized in that building but maybe she's trying to get Nesta to face her fears finally Nesta is nothing but pure rage in this moment it's a wonder her power didn't surface yeah when she challenges Feyre for violating her privacy by taking her things Feyre informs her that she's having the whole building raised to the ground to put up a shelter for families still displaced by the battle with Highburn which is one way to get somebody to leave an apartment you just just, tear the building down yeah yeah tear the building down then she's gotten really nowhere to go yeah Nesta tried to master her uneven breathing one of the few choices she'd made for herself stripped away Feyre didn't seem to care Feyre had always been her own master always got whatever she wished and now it seemed Feyre would be granted this wish too Nesta seethed I never want to speak to you again yeah I bet it was Feyre's eight-year-old wish to go out and have to take care of her family for many years. Yes. Yeah, I bet. You're right, she does. Oh, this spoiled bitch. Yeah, she's very that, spoiled. Yeah, just like had like the one little pot of paint. Yeah, this man, she always got everything. Meanwhile, she went out, sold the wolf pelt, and got her sister's clothes that they didn't really need. Well, this is, again, when you're in the throes of somebody who is in this me- mental state, you do have to make a decision. Like, how long will you let this person destruct themselves and hurt you and cause cascading ripples of pain? And Before you protect like, yourself. Right, exactly. So this is, I think, her final, her final attempt. Yeah. So um, Feyre seems, though, to have expected her to sort of just say, I'm never speaking to you again, and tells her she may speak with whomever she chooses in the confines of her rehab, but they will revisit everything in a few months. She can choose not to do any of this, but they are done paying for her to destroy herself. And that's fair and understandable. Yeah, and to be honest, she also could have probably said, then I'm going to go out into Valaris and get, and get a, job. a job. She could have gone and gotten a job. Yeah. And they probably would have been like, fine. Like, yeah. that's your life. You do it. Nesta demands to speak with Elaine. I love that that's not even an option. I love that it's like not even She's on never the had table. A job. <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere. I feel like one of them would give her somebody. I mean, you know, you, you start bagging groceries when they don't have any groceries at the Faye grocery store. I don't know. Do you think they have ba- grocery baggers? <laughs> I mean, how do they? I guess maybe they Magic? like winnow at home. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Or it's like, where is it, Germany, where they take all the packaging off before you take things home and you, like, can recycle it in the grocery stores? I know but they, then if not, it's you pay by the pound. I don't know if it's—I know they do something like that in, um, like, Dutch communities, yeah. but I'm not sure. Um, the Netherlands. Uh, so— They know what they're doing over there. God, it's so beautiful. Um Nesta demands to speak with Elaine, but Feyre says that Elaine will decide when she's ready to talk to Nesta. In the core of her, Nesta is broken that Elaine chose Feyre in the past year. Oh, God, girl, you need, we need to change this perspective. It's true. We got to get in there. We got to put some joy in that brain. You got to get the victim mentality. You yeah. got to take accountability. Yeah. No matter that she pushed Elaine away, but Nesta's too lost in the sauce to really look at that reasonably. Feyre asks her if she doesn't think Feyre knows why. Feyre basically says, do you think I don't know why you pushed even Elaine away? Nesta didn't bother replying, and Feyre didn't speak again as she departed. There was nothing to bind them together anymore. 
I'm never talking to you again. I hate you get out of my life. <laughs> we, Natalie and I have screamed at each other at least four times. Have we? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we've ever gotten. I don't think we've ever gotten into a fight. Oh, are you not gonna win? Oh, no! All right, right now. <laughs> oh, what's my intervention? Huh? Go ahead, send me away, Natalie. Where do you want to go? Sandals? Oh, please, yes. Send I'll me send to a sandals. Oh, send me on like an, an Alaskan cruise Ugh. with a chocolate fondue. I want to try a cruise someday or a pleasure barge. I mean, we've been threat. Our family's been threatening a cruise for a couple of years, and uh, I don't know. I've I never done it. If I, I don't know if we could handle like if a cruise could handle the entire Zabrowski family, like our extended family now. I think it'd be fun to try. I mean, we make a lot of friends. (laughs) Just think of the fits. Oh, man, I'm going to conga line it up. Dude, we're going to be like Henry and I when we went on a cruise when we were in high school and everyone thought we were married um, because we would go and hit the dance floor every night. And then people did. And then, like, we realized there were lots of swingers at the club at night. And um, we got into and then we're like, I was like, I'm 17. I'm scared. And it's not my husband. We're just dancing. Ugh. Well, that's uh, uh, traumatizing. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, very nice couple. I, I you know, if you, if you know, if you want to swing, that was the couple to do it with. Oh, okay. Man, cruises I think have a lot of swingers on them. That's not why I wanted to try one oh. out, but I guess that makes sense. I just love the freedom of, in their eyes. You know, it's just such tiny rooms. Yeah, but then you get the towel animals. Oh my god, you're gonna love the towel but animals. I mean, having, having a uh, like a, a group foursome? sex on a tiny little bed. Yeah, that would be. I mean, maybe they have a suite. Ew. All right, all right. <laughs> Chapter three. Cassian is sitting with Reese in Reese's home study. So it's a cut to just a little bit later, and it's described as guess what? Magical, Magical and, and vi- visually appealing. I can't say anything about Crescent City. I know, but something about the description of this room brought me right. To something in those books. There was the main floor of the study, bedecked in the hand-knotted blue carpets that Feyre had gone to Cesar to select from its artisans, with its two sitting areas, Reese's desk, and twin long tables near the bookshelves. At the far end of the room, a little dais led into a broad raised alcove flanked by more books, and in its center, a massive working model of their world, the stars and planets around it, and some other fancy things that had been explained to Cassian once before. He deemed them too boring and proceeded to ignore them completely. Aww, um, handball. how in? Okay, I see this like it has one of those. Um, what is it? The inlaid uh living rooms. What do you call it? The nooks. The sunken. Yeah, like the sunken the nook that like in there it has like the magical like whole model of their world and in my magic brain it's all like turning around each other. I think it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, right. That's it's how like I floating see it. there and then, like it's like something that you could like I-, I imagine like move around and like pull out and zoom into and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. Dude, that's cool. I know. He uh Cassian describes the study is actually broken into two floors so it's like an atrium and then not parts on the ground and there are massive bookcases with thousands of books oh man i just want i want a library i want 
so many books and so many bookshelves that I've got one of the book ladders. I think that oh, that's I know. right. That would Everyone so wants a book ladder, right? Yes. And then you just like swing from the book ladder as you go through it. Like, I don't know what smut today I'm going to read. I just always envision like being at the top and then like Henry being like, I'm like, yes. And I'm just like, like wearing tight pants. I'm like, oh, hi, I'm just looking for a book. <laughs> and then he's just going, and he's going, auga, auga up at yeah. your ass. <laughs> yeah. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Is it atonement? God damn it, this is all Pornhub. I think it's, it is atonement. There is this sex scene on a library ladder oh. that is between Kiera Knightley and James McAvoy, oh. which not two people that I would normally choose as like a hubba bubba, nah. but the scene is a hubba bubba right. because, again, it's exactly what you're saying where she's just like, but you can't be in here. I'm looking for books. And like, you know, it's just like one of those kind of things. And he like follows her in and just the in and just Whoa. starts like she's like holding the ladder and you see behind her and then he starts like 
grabbing her on the outside and they're not supposed to be in there and they're not supposed to have sex with each other. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I, I do not, I, I don't see Keira Knightley in a sexual manner. No, it's the smile. She always looks scared. Yeah, I feel like her does. smile, she looks scared. But maybe that, that's still like what I feel about her because of Love Actually and I've seen that movie so many times. So that's more on me, I think, than anything. Uh, no, I mean, I get it. That that sounds like a good scene. Um, <laughs> and so amongst all of the bookcases and thousands of books, there's a number of objects that are set about in a particular manner that was intended to create, you know, vibes. Vibes. Cassian's high lady had a way of capturing the world that always made him pause. Her paintings sometimes unsettled him. The truths she portrayed weren't always pleasant ones. I love Gat. Gat is like, can it just be nice? Well, this is making me think too hard. Take that painting down. Can you do a picture of a horse? Because <laughs> like, then I know it's a horse. And it's not like, oh, it's the demons you saw inside of the Ouroboros. It's like, oh, that's a horse. It really sounds like Ed, Ed Larson. It's, I mean, voice-wise, voice I wise. think I could, I could see him having similar. Actually, no, I imagine his voice is more grand and... I like him sounding like Eddie. Not, not so? that fantasize him as Eddie. I think that's why my problem is the yeah, second no. I said it, I'm like, no, I don't want him to no. sound like Eddie. I don't want him to sound like Eddie. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> he goes on to note in his thoughts that he once found her painting an emaciated rib cage that he recognized as her own. How did he recognize that it was her rib cage? He said there was like a note, a, a birthmark that he knows. Oh, on her, on her bones. On her bones. And that him seeing that seems to have formed a bond and connection between them in his mind. Not that he didn't already love her, but to share in the experience of starvation as a certain kind of bond, I'm certain. As he begins to address Reese, he notes the giant self-portrait of Feyre that Reese keeps behind him over his desk. Reese told him once it was so that she could watch over him, which is cute. Reese asks if, if would you I think that if I were in my own office, I want a big oil painting of me. Well, sure. You know, I want me watching over me and I'll just like point up at me and be like, hey, me. <laughs> like, what do you think? I think that's a great idea, Jackie. <laughs> and that's totally um, I can't wait to have like I want to sit for an oil painting someday. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Reese asks him if Cassian's ready to handle Nesta. The two males are having a conversation that is both straightforward and also spoken with some things left between the lines. Mm. Reese is watching Cassian as Cassian tells him he can handle a little human turned fae if he's trained legions of Illyrians before. I mean, he ain't wrong. He's not wrong, but also Reese feels like I think it maybe Reese knows a little bit better and goes, mm hmm. Okay. But also they like I do feel not that like, of course, you're not going to have your errant soldiers, but for the most part, they are bred to listen and like to be an Illyrian. And Nessa isn't. This is not what she was made to be. So I think that there's also dealing with that. I think also they don't have an ass that won't quit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but he still acknowledges the work that Cassian's done in the war camps. He's th he's saying, like, I'm not saying that you haven't ac accomplished all these things, but I mean, this might be a little different. Might be difficult. Um, you know, he's after, especially after the the, the post war stuff, reorganizing and keep the and keeping the troops in line. He's done this really good job in Reese's mind. 
Here, there is a mention of the blood rite, something we've learned about before. Cassian reflects on how the blood rite, which claims the lives of many Illyrians each time, Cassian reflects on the blood rite, which claims the lives of many Illyrians each time. There's a little bit of fable-like reasoning here that the worst and most foolhardy get themselves killed, which is what happened in the blood rite. The ones that Cassian was so the most worried about, you know, the Illyrians rising up for some sense of self-importance, masked in righteousness, were never equipped to be warriors and met their demise on their own. And sometimes it's all you can do is let them hang themselves. Mm-hmm. But Reese wants to talk about more than Nesta at this meeting. He tells Cassian that he's selling himself short and that he wants him to take on a bigger role in the court. That he's ready for it. Not that this handling of Nesta is part of the bigger role. So no, Reese has other ideas about where Cassian can put his skills to use. But in this moment... (laughs) Hubba, hubba. I don't know if he meant that, but maybe. Oh, man, but I will look at the fanfic of it. Of course. So beyond that, Reese wants to know if he's ready to face whatever power is hiding in Nesta. Not because she'll kill him or anything or he's worried about that, but because whatever lies beneath beneath the surface will almost certainly rise during this rehabilitation and Cassian will be on the front lines for it. Cassian challenges Reese. You sound like you're afraid of her. I am. Cassian blinked. Reese lifted a brow. Why do you think I sent you to get her this morning? Cassian shook his head. Unable to help his laugh, Reese smiled, lacing his fingers behind his head and leaning back in his seat. I mean, he ain't wrong. I'd be scared, especially like not only that, but you're also her brother-in-law. So mm-hmm. like you don't like this is he's doing such a great job of towing the line of like, OK, I'm your high lord, but I'm also your brother-in-law. So this is like gets a little dicey here. Mm-hmm. You've never been in that situation, nope. right, Natalie? Nope. Never, ever for once. Never, ever. Um, it is. It's a tightrope. It is. It really is. It's it's tricky. So Reese is, again, yeah, trying to get get right in the middle of that line. And and now they're back to brotherly teasing. And Cass tells Reese he needs to get back to training so Feyre won't find any soft parts on his body. He's basically like, you are being lazy, Reese. You better get back and then train with me because we don't want your mate to find any jiggly parts. (laughs) And Reese says he doesn't. He Reese says she doesn't ever because I always got a boner around her. <laughs> I mean, I imagine he is always hard, right? Pretty much, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Reese says that he's clearing out the servants that day to make up with Feyre for interfering with Nesta that morning. And he needs the house to himself for it. Cassian laughs, but inside he also feels a pang of jealousy. He's so happy for his brother and cherishes the joy he sees on his face, but deep down it's something he's longed for for centuries for himself. Cassian tells Reese to enjoy his makeup time with Feyre and begins to leave when Reese stops him. You haven't asked about what the bigger role is, Cassian. And Cassian's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that role, right, the bigger role. Totally forgot about it. And it's clear that Cassian doesn't really want this not probably not because he feels burdened but more like he feels he's not good enough which is like his mo reese can see through this though he tells him straight he needs cassian to help as in dealing with the human queens be an emissary of sorts a courtier 
and a spy. Oh, he's going to be wearing jodhpurs. I'm into jodhpurs. What's a jodhpur? Jodhpurs are those poochy pants that like have a little like strap and then like pooches them up. Lord Licorice wears jodhpurs. Oh, okay. Lord Licorice pants. Got it. Why would he be wearing those? Um, Because he's a courtier now. So I imagine you see these. Yes. Jodhpurs. Okay, so he wore, he's wearing them because he's a courtier. Got yes. it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I just imagine like how like it would be like tied up around his ass, and so you could just still see like his ass bulging mm-hmm. as he does his emissary jobs. Sure, sure. And then he gets his he makes like people's attention go to his ass, and then he can get whatever secrets. he wants. I'd give him whatever he wanted. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you want to know thing? You don't even have to torture me. Just bend over. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. I would ask his consent first. Do you consent to bending over so I may stare at your ass? (laughs) (laughs) Cassian doesn't like this idea, but Reese pushes him. You don't have to be Az or Morgan or me. You can be Cassian and also fill this role. Cassian's not sure what to do with this request from his High Lord. He was already up to uh, he was already all up in his nerves about dealing with Nesta, but he can tell Reese really actually needs him. He swears in his head as he walks out of Reese's office. Out loud, he says, "We're in for a long few months." Then he was almost to the door when Reese said quietly, "You certainly are." <laughs> oh man! But he's up for the task. He can do this. But you know, he just change. doesn't have the confidence. But yeah. he does. He he. I think he doesn't mind doing it. I think he's just like, I can't do that. I know. And Reese is like, yes, you can. I believe in you. Because for like so many years, especially being trained as an Illyrian, he was and being a bastard, he's just been told that he's shit. Mm-hmm. He's so much of it. And like so many of the formative years, even though technically you're like, Cassian, that was a really long time ago. But like still your formative years, that shit still sits in there. And it sucks to know if you're 500, you're still like, but that thing in my teens. Oh, God. Never leaves. Oh. Oh, God. Never goes away. I wonder if they, like, have a catalog memory. Like, I wonder if they also, like, just randomly think about things or, like, can they always remember everything? I don't know. I wonder how their memories work. Sarah. 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 Let us know. Um, they, then we have a cut back to the foyer of the River Home where Feyre and Nesta have been, I assume, awkwardly awaiting Cassian, quietly, without speaking, to return to take Nesta up to the House of Wind. So, you know, Feyre and, I guess, Nesta are just sort of, like, both in the same room, just sort of going, like, uncomfortable. (sighs) Because, of course, you know, with these 10,000 steps, Nesta can't walk up the House of Wind. They have to wait for somebody to take them. And... You can't even winnow all the way in. You have to fly to a certain point and then or winnow to a certain point and then kind of like drop in. Well, they got to be safe. Yeah. There's a bunch of wards over it. Um, Anyway, Nesta hasn't in this time hasn't fled into the street while Cassian was meeting with Reese. So I guess that's a good sign. Man, can you also realize like I'm sure what's going through her head where she's like, is there any way out of this? Can I do anything else? And then like that just that realization of like I really actually have no other choice. And that just like resignation. Oh, it hurts. 
words. I would also add, though, a caveat of maybe there is a tiny fraction of her that feels relieved. Yes, to be taken care of. Yeah, that really doesn't want to be like this and doesn't really want to leave, but she can't admit it to herself. Which is why I think she doesn't leave. I think if she had left, then it would have been like, okay, there's no part of her that wants this life at all. But obviously she's intrigued. There's some part of her. That's staying and and waiting. Then in that moment, he Cassian just as he's like preparing to like deal with all of the stuff, and they're about to leave. He's thinking about how Reese and Feyre are about to have insanely loud sex, and how he wanted to be f- as far away from possible before then. He's actually thinking about how loud Reese is when he, you know, Cassian stopped himself before he could finish the thought. He and his brothers had put a good deal of distance between the stupid youths they'd been, fucking any female who showed interest, often in the same room as each other, and the males they were now. He wanted to keep it that way. Well, then wouldn't he know how loud Reese was when he came? If they're stupid in the same room, he definitely knows how loud he roars when he comes. Don't you give me that. Unless you're telling me Reese never came any of those times. No, I think he's saying he does know how loud Oh, okay. And that's why he wants to get the fuck out. Yeah, okay, all right. (laughs) Cassian asks if Feyre... But, man, there's got to be... Where are those pictures? Mm. I know. I haven't seen any of that fan art. Cassian asks if Feyre is winnowing them to the edge of the House of Wind. He doesn't directly say it, but I think he is insinuating that neither he nor Nesta could stand to fly all the way there alone together. Then the Morrigan appears behind him and says, she's doing it, with a knowing smirk on her face. We haven't gotten any of more yet in this book, and Cassian is thrilled to see her, folds her into his arms in a big bear hug. We learn that Moore has been away at Valahan, trying to keep an eye on the territories. Oh, ah, it's a pointer. Valahan is Whoa, way it's up far. here. So they're over here. It's far away. And she is over here because we've learned a little bit from Frost and Starlight that he was needing Morrigan to go kind of just gauge how all of the other territories were handling the post-war because they're trying to put this treaty together to try to make like peace with the humans Mm -hmm. where they don't have to put a wall up protecting them Mm -hmm. but like we they agree to leave the humans alone for ABCD reasons and so difficult because these queens are bitches they are and also we don't know just yet but Morris come back with like Maybe not the best news about mm. Valahan either. And we don't know the people who we don't really know any Valhallian Valahallians at this point. So this is all just through their their eyes. And so when he asks her what's wrong, it, she kind of just brushes him off and tells him they'll talk about it later. Through all of this, Nesta is just ice queening it up, but you know she's so pissed that Moore's here being all hot. Oh yeah. Hugging on everybody. Oh yes. And Moore just loves it, planting a huge grin on her face at Nesta. Feyre steps in before there's another fight and tells Nesta she can just spend the rest of the day and evening preparing for tomorrow and her first day at Windhaven. Nesta remains silent, but Moore offhandedly congratulates Cassian on being promoted to courtier, kind of teasing him, as presumably Reese has already spoken with her about it. Godbers. And Feyre laughs because Moore is kind of doing the little you know, tease thing. and But Nesta looks at Cassian with surprise and suspicion. He said to her, if only to beat her to it. Still a bastard board nobody, don't worry. Nesta's lips thinned. 
Poor Cassian. That he has to say these things about himself just so that no one else, he has to protect himself. That's what he does. So sad. So he gets on the defensive. And it makes me so sad for him. It does. Feyre gently tells Nesta that they'll talk soon, but Nesta already seems to be at the... <laughs> I was really tired when you wrote the script. <laughs> I like I like what you put into the script. Yeah. I just wrote, but Nessa already seems to be at the never talking to you again store. <laughs> she is definitely, she showed up, she is queen of the never talking to you again store. It's like the containment what store, container mean? store, but it's the containment <laughs> store. Come on. I, was, I think I was really, really tired when I was writing this. Okay. I like it. <laughs> More being petty pleasantly asks... Shall we? And offers either elbow to Cassian and Nesta. Nesta stepped past her, grabbed Moore's forearm, and watched a spot on the wall. So he merely took Moore's other arm and winked at Feyre before they all vanished into wind and darkness. We cut to Nesta's POV as they reach the other end of the winnow, right above the House of Wind. Before the stomach-dropping plunge could register, Nesta was in Cassian's arms, His wings spread as he flew toward the stone veranda. It had been a long while since she'd been held by him, since she'd seen the city so small below. So even though Cassian didn't fully admit it earlier, Nesta realizes then that he could have flown them both up the whole way. And she and her thoughts thinks she would rather have dropped from the sky into the sea than stomach being in his arms for that long. Can you imagine being in someone's arms as he flies you away? I have imagined it a time or two in the past yes. couple of years. <laughs> yes, it would be so amazing. I'd feel so safe and I'd feel so small. But I want my own wing. I want wings. Sure, 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 sure. I have my wings. I can fly wherever I want, but also being held by those big arms flying through the air. I, well, I was like, I never of, dreamed of it. No, at the end of Wings and Ruin, when when Reese picks Farah up and then like throws her, it's like you fly, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I mean, she does. She does. So after the wind, they get to there, and, and Cassian has her and holds her. The drop only takes a matter of seconds, and she pushes off from him the second her feet hit the ground. Nesta thinks back to the last time she spent time here in this the house of wind and it was right after the horrors of being changed over in the cauldron when Feyre was doing an espionage in the spring court so if you recall right after they turned Fey, mm-hmm. they were brought back to the house of wind to sort of recuperate and figure themselves out while Pharaoh was gone and Nesta and Elaine were coping with the trauma of everything they had just that had just taken place. She recalls barely being able to sleep because she was so afraid that Elaine would jump out of a window. Because who could live without Grayson? Oh my God! I bet he uggo. I I find I bet he's just plain. Boring. Yeah, I bet it's just plain. Yeah, he just looks like a. He looks man. like an emoji. That's yeah, the, the man emoji. Yes. Nesta reveals here in her thoughts that one of the reasons she stopped speaking to Feyre was because she was so scared of what may come out of her. So in that moment when she said, I'm never speaking to you again, it was partly because she was worried she would hurt Feyre, like with her powers. Yeah. Cassian leans against the railing, looking at Nesta with a distance between them, and Nesta stares right back. Finally, Cassian says that she'll be staying in her old room and that he'll be a floor above. Why would I need to know that? The words snapped out of her. He began walking toward the glass doors that led into the mountain's interior. 
in case you have a bad dream and need someone to read you a story. He drawled, a half-smile dancing on his face. Maybe one of those smutty books you like so much. <laughs> Ooh, girl. <laughs> Nesta doesn't give him an inch. Man, just the way his... The way his game unfolds in this book, like everything, I'm just like, melt, Mm -hmm. melt, please come read me, smut, Cassian. Mm -hmm. She follows behind him, even though she doesn't really respond to that, if only to get out of the cold that seeped into her on this balcony so high up in the mountain. I believe the very same balcony where Feyre would land and finally meet her future family all those months ago. Nesta looks around the place, but she can't bring herself to call it home in her thoughts. Well, you just got there, girl. Give it a second. She reveals in her mind here that she never thought of anywhere as home before, even back before her father lost his fortune. Home was a foreign word. Even so, she knew this place pretty well now due to her time spent living here. She won't admit it to herself, but she kind of is relieved she gets her old room back because there's a small private library right near it on the same floor. It's so hard. It's almost as if, I don't know, people are being considerate of her hopes and needs. With your own private library on your floor, it's just, it's also, I mean, I know she's been through a lot, she's had a lot of trauma, I get it. But like... Your your basic needs are at least taken care of, you know, and they always have been. I'd go step beyond basic needs. I mean, this is way beyond, but I'm just saying, like, her basic needs have always been taken oh, care yeah. of by other people. Which I guess maybe is partly her self-loathing and rage is, like, I've never truly been able to take care of myself. Yeah, and was sort yes. of encouraged not to growing up. Then let them teach you how! Girl! I know. Oh, what is that? What this whole book is about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what if she, if, if she was just like, okay, and then the book was over. <laughs> like, oh, that's a... The rest of it is just like, just like, just like paperwork. Yeah, just paperwork. <laughs> But back then when she was first here healing, she thinks she might not have been crushing it at the time, but she did enjoy her time in the library reading romance after romance novel. She wasn't necessarily coping or finding her place, but she'd been the level-headed one and Elaine was the mess. And now it seems the roles are reversed. I don't know if she's level. Elaine is level-headed quite yet. No, but she has figured out a place. Yes, and she has created a boundary between her and Nesta, which guffaw. Guffaw. Um, dark thoughts roll through Nesta's head of the war, the king, her father dying, the thousands of warriors she had to let die just to save the one. Him. She would do it again if forced to. And knowing that, she couldn't bear that truth either. So we get this peek into Nesta's psyche. Know that she is full of care and love and protectiveness, but when we're with Cass and his thoughts, we just aren't sure if she can make it out of this. She tells Cassian she doesn't need an escort to her room. Oh, and he goes leave for me. <laughs> and he goads her and then adds that Azriel will also be here from time to time. He's here to spy on me. Her words bounced off the red stone. Cassian said tightly. He said he'd rather stay up here than at the river house. But he continues that when he's here, he'll mostly stay to himself, so it will be predominantly just Nesta and Cassian. Oh, she didn't dare reply. 
not to all that statement implied. Alone. With Cassian. Here. She reached for something to hurt him with, something inside, because that's all she knows how to do when somebody makes her feel vulnerable. Try to find some barb. He watches her, already preparing himself for it, which is so sad. He says, let's hear it, Ness. She snaps at him not to call her Ness. Anything she could think of, like, don't do that. It's very funny. I uh, just realized that's also what they call Renesmee. Renesmee in Twilight. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring up Twilight. I was proud of myself that I wasn't going to bring up Twilight. Ugh. He tells her to get food in her belly for training at Windhaven the following day. She tells him she's never going to that horrible place. And she's being honest. She hated that place when she first laid eyes on it before that final battle. Nesta thinks for a moment about calling all their bluffs and demanding to be taken to the mortal realm. But she knows in that same instant she'd never have anywhere to go, nor would she really want to be there. Yeah. Even... You'll never be accepted there. At least in this place, you... There's like... A good chance you'll be accepted. Yeah, because, like, she didn't feel accepted there either. And she thinks about how even Elaine, who had grieved too deeply for old Boro Snorro, figured out how to blend in here, Mm -hmm. made friends, found passions. She feels her rage emptying out into something worse. Nothing. I'm tired, she says. Cassian seems to clock her defeat and gently tells her to take the night to rest. She can't fight anymore. She walks through the doorway and shuts the door in Cassian's face. She looks at the familiar setting. The wide space easily accommodated a mammoth four-poster bed against the wall to her left, as well as a small sitting area to her right, complete with a sofa and two chairs. A carved marble fireplace occupied the wall before the sitting area, mercifully dark, and multiple rugs lay scattered throughout, offering reprieve from the chilly stone floors. But when Nesta had always found... I know. I was like doing a little dance while you were talking. Take me there. I want to go there. Take me there. Let's go dance. Rugrat song. Take me to that place where the fun never ends. Rugrat song. That sounds like the... Very, very deep cut Nickelodeon show Roundhouse. I thought that's what this. Whoa, was. no! This is this is the the song for the Rugrats movie that they also had the or, or was it yeah? And then, and then they had the like the old old one like yeah uh, with the reptar plot line. Yeah, I'm old. Well, not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. Um, so. What, but what Ness had always found appealing about this space is the wide bank of windows that gave her a stunning view of the city and sea beyond Just, it. Come on. Can you imagine sitting in front of a marble fireplace with your little private library overlooking just just majesty? Being really sad. Yeah. I mean, that's a great room to be sad to in, wallow? dude. Oh, yes. Yeah. What a wall. Actually, I think I would hate all the windows in a wallow room. I'd be like, draw the curtains. Well, she does do that yeah. in this moment. Yeah. She, before that, she stares now at everything in the room, unable to move, really even to think straight. A familiar roaring built in her ears. She feels out of body as she shuts the curtains, cloaking the room in blackness. She barely managed to toe off her shoes before she slid beneath the layers of white down blankets and quilts, closed her eyes, and breathed.
and breathed and breathed. So that's where she is. She's going, she's breathing, and she is laying. Yeah, she is having a rough go about it. Because it's also, as someone that has been through uh, many years of anger, it's tiring to be that angry. Mm -hmm. It really is like you don't realize how much it weighs on you to have that front up all the time, to be that defensive all the time. It takes everything out of you that you kind of like almost forget who the you on the inside is, which is why I love being inside of her brain so much. Yeah, and I think also there is um, an element of whenever you are so overwhelmed with storing emotion and not knowing what to do with the pain that that does happen sometimes where you just you're you emotionally shut down and you just sort of exist and you're like okay become the nothing i can't do this so i'm just gonna and there's nowhere to place that especially in moments like this so she is she's gonna i don't know what's what's gonna happen what's gonna happen you're gonna have to wait or you can just read it but yeah you want to read along you're gonna have to wait and I'm excited. Please read up until chapter 10. And now, dudes grappling with erotica for educational purposes only. Featuring Henry Zabrowski and Marcus Parks. Then, undiluted, utter predator answered, It would be my pleasure. And then I didn't have the words for what happened. He gave me everything I wanted, the unleashed pounding of him inside my body, the unrelenting thrust and filling and slap of skin on skin, the slam of our bodies against wood, night singing all around us, stars sweeping by like snow, and then there was us. You and me. Mind to mind, laying out on that bridge between our souls. We had no bodies here, but I felt him as he seduced me, his dark power wrapping around mine, licking my flames, sucking on my eyes, scraping claws against my own. Scrape, 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 scrape. I felt him as his power blended with mine, ebbing and flowing in and out until my magic lashed out, latching onto him, both of us raging and burning together, all while he moved in me, Uh. relentless and driving as the sea, over and over, power and flesh and soul, until I think I was screaming, until I think he was roaring and my mortal body clenched around him, shattering. Then I shattered. Everything I was rupturing into stars and galaxies and comets, nothing but pure, shining joy. Reese held me, enveloped me, his darkness absorbing the light that sparked and blasted, keeping me whole, keeping me together. And when my mind could form words, when I could again feel his essence around me, his body still moving in my own, I sent him that image one last time into the dark and stars, my gift. Perhaps our gift one day. Thanks. Respilled into me with a roar. His wings splaying wide. And in our minds, down that bond, his magic erupted. His soul washing over mine, filling every crack and pit so that there was not one part of me that was not full of him. 
brimming with his dark, glorious essence and undimming love. He remained buried in me, leaning heavily against the wall as he panted against my neck. Feyre, Feyre, Feyre. He was shaking. We both were. I worked up the presence of mind to crack open my eyes. His face was wrecked, stunned. His mouth remained partially open as he gaped at me. Gape. The glow still radiating from my skin, bright against the star-kissed shadows along his. Do it again. <laughs> I breathed, my voice hoarse. Reese knew what I meant. Yep. And I'd never been so glad for a fey mate. When he hardened again a heartbeat later, lowered me to the floor, flipped me onto my stomach then plunged deep into me with a growling purr. Growl. Yeah. Getting you again. Getting kind of tired, actually. Getting a little tired, but that's fine. And even when we eventually collapsed on the rug, barely avoiding the broken pictures and vase shards, unable to move for a good long while, that image of my gift remained between us, shimmering, as bright as any star. Hey, babies! For more fairy talk and hot touch, join us every week here on LPN Deep Dive's Akatar, available wherever you get your podcasts. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.